All right, Marlins fans, you know the drill at this point. I am Jeremy Taché, your producer of Swings and Mishes, joined, as always, by the man who came back on a red-eye flight from Vegas this morning, Craig Mish, True. Who, who is covering everything for the winter meeting for you and has even more as we move forward here. Uh, Craig, how you doing after that, uh, at that red-eye? It's not always easy to take the red eye. I'm getting old, Jeremy, but I had to do it. You know, I have uh, kids and it's tough to be away. And I I could have extended it to the final day, but as the night went on, I just kind of got the feeling that nothing major was going to go down and and made the call at that point to take that flight. Hey, by the way, before we moved forward, uh, we didn't, we didn't do a, you know, an ad at the top of this because we want to get right to all the information as we wrap up the winter meetings. But I do want to thank uh, BetDSI and AutoNation and uh, SnapCrack for sponsoring this podcast and making the trip to the winter meetings possible because without them, I would not have gone. Thank you, by the way, to everybody who has been downloading these podcasts. The numbers have been great. So I appreciate all of you guys' support. And this is why I do what I do and Jeremy does what he does for this is because we believe in trying to get the truth and trying to report as much as we possibly can on baseball and on the Marlins. So I just wanted to thank everybody for that. We obviously always appreciate uh, any chance to make these podcasts easier. You know, we are at least myself trying to make a living off of this stuff. So uh, (laughs) try to get, try to get paid too. Yeah. And and also the Marlins were very cooperative in terms of helping the media out. And um, it's, it's really been that way now for a while. So I want to thank them as well. Okay, so the latest on uh, on JT Real Muto, I don't have a ton of new updates and there's a few things here. I know that everybody is frustrated. There there have been I think I counted about 700 tweets on <laughs> on and it, I'm not exaggerating from just different people commenting on on JT and these are people who you know report and nothing happened and I get it. Uh, as I said last night on the podcast, uh, JT does pay attention to to what's going on here, and, and I do as well. And obviously, I'm on top of it as much as I possibly can. Uh, the frustration is because we want action. And Jeremy, if this was happening outside of the winter meetings, I don't think that anybody would be complaining about this. It's just that the winter meetings for the second year in a row was really slow. We really didn't have a lot of huge signings. You had McCutcheon, you had Charlie Morton. And then today, on the last day of the meetings, you had a trade with the Rays and Mariners and Indians. But beyond that, for whatever reason, the winter meetings aren't what they used to be in terms of activity and teams are just waiting until after they're over. So I think that's where the frustration boils from. And I get it. And the other thing that I want to say is that because of the people who I respect in this industry, a lot of the major league baseball insiders, and these are people who I've modeled my craft after, and I try to be as responsible as I possibly can. A lot of them are from New York. So a lot of this has been built around the Mets and just all of the discussion right. surrounding that and, and like the, the notion that New York is going to get something. Like maybe we should just have the winter meetings in New York since that's the most important thing. <laughs> the Mets are always the priority. That's not to say the Mets aren't involved with JT. They are. But because it is the Mets and then because we had that rumor of the three-way trade with the Yankees, that's why it blew up. And a lot of the insiders are based out of the Northeast and based out of New York. So – that's kind of why it was so fast and furious. And again, they all do a really good job. It's not a knock on anyone. It's just that's kind of the nature of, I think, what went on. The latest 
in terms of, of JT Real Muto is basically kind of where we are. The only thing that I may have to adjust a little bit based on what I heard today is that I don't know that my percentages where I have, uh, I think I have Atlanta and I have the Mets and I have the Reds. And I don't know what order I have that in, Jeremy. I'll have to check that. But I think that the Reds may be third of those three. I think they may be the third of those three teams. That's the only kind of little tidbit that I have for today. I'm not sure that the Reds are going to be able to make this work. I'm not sure that they want to be able to make this work. So I I do see them as a contender in this. And I think one of the strong four or five or as Clark Spencer had, I think six today. But I, I think they're probably in the top three, but I don't know that they're at the top. And it kind of – I may have gotten a little swept away in that when I reported it because nobody had had it. And I think it's only natural as a reporter when you feel like you have a piece of information uh, that, you, that you put that out there. But I do think that the Reds are involved. I right. just don't know that they're the favorite right now, Jeremy. I just don't know that. Right. Your latest, you did have the Braves, Mets, and Reds all at 30% in that order. Right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it that way for now. But I do think – if I was dealing in, in, uh, in smaller numbers, I probably would adjust it to maybe Mets 30, Braves 30, and then maybe a 27 and a half for the Reds <laughs> or 25. I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm I'm keep it the way it is because I'm not entirely sure. And again, you're getting dip, dip little pit, uh, pieces of information. You don't know if it's true. You don't know if it's posturing. But the sense I get from people that I trust is that while the Reds would like the player, I don't know how serious that they're going to be now that this is all over. I mean, it could have been the kind of thing, Jeremy, where they're in on a number of players. They're in on Dallas Michael. They're in on A.J. Pollock. And they're trying to make a lot of moves. And the question is, is, let's say hypothetically in the next week, Keuchel did not sign with the Reds or Pollock did not sign with the Reds. Then maybe they jump in a lot harder. But at least for the time being where they are, I think it's more of a exploring everything and the Marlins, from what I understand, at least the players that were hypothetically discussed, uh, Tramel being one of them, if indeed it is Tramel, was somebody that at least intrigued the Marlins. So we're going to keep everything the same way, Jeremy. Not a lot of new information as far as that goes. But at least if you listen to the podcast right now, you got something out of it. I don't want to tell people to listen to a podcast and give you nothing. So that's the latest that I have. Well, and when you include Tramel with the Reds, we've heard Riley with the Braves. The Rays came in as another team, but with the Mets, I know you yeah. recently uh, c- kind of confirmed Tim Healy's report, which was that Conforto yes. and Nimmo were the main pieces, not Ahmed Rosario, if you were going to be discussing trades with the Mets. Uh, and then to keep an eye on guys like Andres Jimenez and Ronnie Mars- uh, Mauricio and uh, Mark Vientos, who's actually from down here, went to Flanagan and American Heritage. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, those were the guys that Healy had thrown out there as prospects. So it's obviously kind of a waiting game at this point after the winter meetings. Now it's, a, you know, it's probably, I would imagine, you know, going to be maybe a little bit longer until we find out yeah. what happens. Yeah, with the meta, with the, reflect. yeah, I had asked about a Med Rosario a couple of days ago and was told that he was told that he was not going to get traded. And then I doubled down on that by asking again and, and was told more or less the same thing. He's not going anywhere. So he's not part of any deal that would be involved with the Mets. It's, I think it's obvious that they're aggressive with him. But again, you have uh, you know, Brody Van Wagenen, who used to be a, an agent, who used to speak to all of the media, including the New York media. So anytime something is sent from New York, it just blows up. I, I, I was right. born in New York. I grew up 
as a young child in New York, so I get it. But sometimes, Jeremy, the GMs and the executives that are the most, what I would call stealth, where you don't hear anything, those are the guys that you have to watch out for. Like uh, David Stearns of the Milwaukee Brewers last year, all of a sudden getting Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich out of nowhere. And I think Alex Anthopoulos is like that too. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Luno is like that also. All of a sudden, boom, they got Verlander at one point. All of a sudden, you know, who, who knew that they were going to get Roberto Osuna at any point? Nobody even talked about that. So doesn't make anybody better or worse. It's just sometimes the quiet guys are the ones that, that really, you know, that, that say things publicly or you're not clear publicly that end up uh, getting players. So uh, we'll see what happens, but that's kind of my wrap up on, uh, on JT. Sort of reminds me of uh, when, you, when people talk about Pat Riley in the NBA, how he's always kind of quietly searching for, for the whale, quote unquote, although that hasn't worked out recently right. in the last couple of years. Um, so real quick, let's go uh, to the Rule 5 draft. Um, for those of you that don't know how the Rule 5 draft works, it's reverse of the standings like any other draft. And basically, if you have room on the 40-man roster, you can draft players that are not on the 40-man roster in other teams' farm system. Uh, the Marlins gained and drafted with the fourth overall pick, Riley Farrell. Yes. And they lost Braxton Lee. Oh, no. Which is just Tell me I it ain't know, true. Devastating. <laughs> Say it ain't so. I, I'm uh, probably higher on Braxton Lee than everybody else. Uh, and that's fine. I, I don't mind putting my, uh, putting my foot down on a player. I, uh, yeah, I'll just real quick on Braxton Lee. I had, a, I had a chance to talk to him last year, got to know him a little bit, and really felt like this is a player that's going to work real hard and do everything possible to become a really good major league player. He had a tough year last year with injuries. I don't think Braxton Lee's going to be great, okay? Like, that's not what I'm saying. I just – he's just one of those guys that's going to work so hard that you want to root for. Mm -hmm. and, I didn't, and I think that because of what happened last year, they just – threw him away a little bit unfortunately and I think they caught the Marlins by surprise too I didn't think that I don't think that they thought that Lee was going to get claimed by the Mets but they have other players they like better in their organization so we wish Braxton Lee the best in terms of Riley Farrell because Palm Beach is not far away from where we live Jeremy I see the Astros a lot and I've been there over the last couple of years seeing him pitch in games and inter-squad games and I think he was a non-roster invitee maybe last year too and I think the Marlins potentially did well here. Uh, I don't know that the ceiling is a number one starter for him, and his command is, is you know, not as good maybe as some other pitchers, but a lot of people say the last thing to come with these pitchers is the command and control, and he's still relatively young, a former first-round pick, and this is probably a, you know, a kick in the butt for this kid. Now he realizes this is, this is his chance, that he's got to make it with another team. So I think that we'll be seeing him on the big league roster this season. And hopefully this will end up being uh, another success story in terms of Rule 5. The Marlins have hit on some. They missed on others. The hits have been very big. Justin Bohr, Dan Ugla in the past. Mm. The misses, clearly, uh, Brett Graves, who they held on to all of last year. And then they just let go. And Eliezer Hernandez, we don't really know yet what he's going to be. So all in all, Jeremy, to sum it up, not all that surprised that the Marlins dipped their toe into this. And I would say they did a fine job by acquiring a, a pitcher that has some nice upside. Hopefully some more Riley success in Miami. Well, it was nice getting a, a little update on everything here. You know, you can obviously follow Craig and, and keep updated on the JT Romuto sweepstakes uh, very easily with him. Uh, he'll keep everything posted on his Twitter at Craig Mish. We are constantly updating everything at Swings and Mishes. And Craig, thanks for uh, keeping everybody updated for another episode here, recapping the winter meetings.
Yep, sure, Jeremy. And, and when we have new information, of course, we'll post it right here as part of the Five Reasons podcast and also here on Swings and Mishes. Thanks, everybody, for following. Thanks, everybody, for listening and downloading. I do it for you guys. The more you guys listen, like, and download, I continue to do more of these. So thanks again.